0: Oh, Diallo elevates and detonates over Chris. SGA from the wing drives and somehow spun it home. Adams launches it to shooter, shooter, catches and scores!
1: Hi, hello and welcome to the uncontested post-game podcast edition. I am your host for tonight, Justin Tonight's episode is brought to you by betonline.ag, where Oklahoma City falls to the L.A. Clippers 109-94. Before I dive into this just real gem of a game, I'd like to let you know that we are proudly part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. If you don't already, be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and leave us a five-star rating and review. It helps more people find us, and it makes us feel good inside. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at The Underscore Uncontested and Facebook at The Uncontested Podcast. Oklahoma City falls to the L.A. Clippers 109-94. Clippers are now 11-0 this season when playing at full strength. They are 22-7 when both Kawhi and Paul George play. And I don't know about you, but for a team that so many people have talked about struggling and maybe not being at their best... myself included, uh, they looked pretty darn good, and if if this is a team that's not playing their best, I don't want to see them when they are playing their best. This team at full strength, like we saw tonight, is terrifying. They are one of the top teams in the NBA, no doubt, and they showed that tonight. Broco and the City, it was their second straight loss against a team that's considered that top tier in the NBA, coming off of the massive butt-kicking against the Milwaukee Bucks. Two of arguably the worst losses on the season for the Thunder, coming at a time when many were maybe feeling the best they'd felt all season about OKC. They came out of the All-Star break, uh, had a really nice win over Denver, had a huge win over the Spurs, uh, and then the Bucks and the Clippers just absolutely annihilate the Thunder. What this shows is I think there's still a gap. Uh, There's definitely a gap that exists between the Thunder and the top teams in the NBA. And it shouldn't be a surprise, though at many times this season, I think Oklahoma City has played the top tier teams in the NBA quite well. Uh, they've already beaten the Clippers once this season. And the first meeting they played them, I think it was a two-point game in LA. Uh, they played the Bucks really close earlier this season at home. So to see them kind of get shellacked like this is a little bit jarring. But I think that's uh, that kind of comes down to two things. One, I think the Thunder overachieved a little bit in the previous meetings Uh, and I think they've done that a lot this season I've said it a few times on this podcast and I still think it's true I think the the Thunder have performed higher than maybe they should have Uh, they've gotten a few more clutch buckets to fall than they maybe deserve to Um, they they've earned those wins no doubt but I think they've overachieved and their record has been a little inflated versus kind of how talented their team actually is, if you want to think about it that way. But two, I think these teams are finding their strides. The best teams in the NBA peak the closer you get to the playoffs. Those early season wins, while they were fun, uh, they were exciting for us as Thunder fans, they didn't really mean much. And honestly, tonight... And the previous Bucks game don't really mean much in the long run either. But what it goes to show is the Bucks and the Clippers are putting it together. They're starting to figure out how to play together. The Clippers were, you know, kind of a, a, a new experiment with the Kawhi and PG both coming in. They, it took some time to figure out how to play together. I think they're starting to get there. Like I mentioned, they're on, they've, this is only their 29th game where Kawhi and PG have played together. So it's still a relatively new experiment for them in L.A., uh, but I think that what you saw tonight was definitely the ceiling and kind of shows the the freaky potential of the L.A. Clippers. After the game, Chris Paul was asked about tonight's performance and had this to say. He said, that's a really good team. It's a good learning experience for us. We need more games like this to see what it's really going to be like come playoff time. We spent a lot of time talking about what can this team do in the playoffs? How are they really going to fare? Uh, when they get into a series, could they potentially, you know, Force a competitive series? Do they have the enough firepower to win a series? I think it definitely depends on matchup. If they draw a team like the Clippers, I wouldn't be very optimistic. I think there's other teams that I would feel much better about the Thunder's chances. But I think the Clippers showed tonight that they're they're kind of on another level. But Chris is right when he says the game tonight was a good kind of uh, preview of the playoffs. Both teams were healthy. Oklahoma City was missing Darius Baisley. But beyond that, both teams were relatively healthy. They were coming off a few days rest and the Clippers just really kind of took it to them. It's also worth noting that this was the first time Oklahoma city faced Kawhi this season. The previous two meetings against the Clippers, Kawhi didn't play in two games with the Raptors last season, Kawhi averaged 29 and a half points, eight rebounds and five assists against Oklahoma city tonight, 25 points, eight rebounds and one assist. Pretty close to those averages that we saw out of him last season against OKC. And man, Kawhi's just a monster. (laughs) I think that's my biggest takeaway. He is an incredible player. He is so efficient. And the things that he's able to do, even under tight defense, there were multiple times tonight where uh, Ferguson or SGA or Dort was just all over Kawhi and he's still able to get a basket and still able to make it look relatively easy. Kawhi is just that good. Uh, We saw it with the Raptors in their playoff run last season. I think it's setting up for us to see another dose of it this year as well. The game started out. uh, The Clippers really kind of punched OKC in the mouth a little bit early. They got off to a quick start. They looked really efficient out of the gate. OKC hung with them a little bit. Uh, They hit a a few shots early, but then the Clippers really kind of opened it up and stretched the lead to double digits relatively quickly. But in the second quarter, Oklahoma city was able to fight back and they cut the lead to 1.43, 42. The only problem was, uh, they didn't score another field goal for the next four and a half minutes. (laughs) And by that point they were down 15, their one point deficit had grown to 15 points and I feel like that was really kind of the end of it for Oklahoma City. Interesting stat from at Andrew Grief, who's a Clippers writer. The Clippers pulled off nearly identical defensive stands in each of the first two quarters. At the end of the first quarter, Oklahoma City only made one field goal between 5.57 to play and 156 to play in the first quarter. And in the second quarter, the same thing. They only made one field goal between 5.57 to play and 133 to play in the half when the Clippers turn the clamps on they are terrifying before I dive into tonight's themes I want to tell you real quick about our sponsor for the evening betonline.ag March has arrived and we are only weeks away from the big tournament yes that tournament Make sure to head to Bet Online and open an account today to get in on their $100,000 Bracket Madness contest starting March 15th. That's right, I said $100,000 on and March 15th. You don't need to be hardcore to get in on the action, and with multiple entries available, it's this season's best chance to cash in. And remember, the NBA and XFL are still going strong, so whatever your passion is, Bet Online is the place to be for all your betting needs. Visit our good friends and exclusive partner, Bet Online, to take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. Sign up for a free account and make sure to use that promo code BlueWire, all one word, for your fifty percent sign-up bonus. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. So for tonight's themes, uh, it is Super Tuesday. If you're not a listener in America, Super Tuesday is the the big election primary day in the U.S. uh, already getting bombarded with political ads and and voting and all that kind of stuff. So I thought I would do something a little bit different for tonight's themes. I'm going to use uh, political campaign slogans as our themes for tonight, and we're going to get weird. So just be warned. (laughs) So for the first one, uh, it's what I've been talking about a lot. I'm going to lead in with probably the weirdest slogan you're going to hear tonight. Uh, The slogan is stand tall. And if you're not familiar with that campaign slogan, I don't blame you. I found it on Wikipedia from a guy apparently named John Hickenlooper. I was not plugged in enough to the Democratic primary to have any idea who this is, but apparently he ran as a Democratic candidate for president. And his slogan was stand tall. And I thought that was fitting for the Clippers just absolutely swarming, locking up, towering over the Thunder tonight. Their size is suffocating. Their big wings, Kawhi and PG, like we know, but even new additions like uh, Marcus Morris, their size can just really suffocate teams. And we saw that tonight. Uh, The Thunder, 94 points, but they did so on 41 and a half shooting from the field, 31.2% from behind the three-point arc, 65.4% from the free-throw line. That's not really related to defense, but it just goes to show the Thunder couldn't buy a basket tonight. And a lot of that had to do with the pressure and defensive presence and length of the Clippers. L.A. also forced 15 turnovers and turned that into 25 points. What's interesting about that stat is Oklahoma City forced 10 turnovers, so not hugely different, but it only turned into 14 points for Oklahoma City. So after they are done suffocating teams on the defensive end, they're able to turn it into points with their athleticism on the other end of the floor, which is a scary combination. Enough about the Clippers' length. I want to talk about something else. Uh, This slogan, we're going throwback. Uh, the, The slogan is, where's the beef? Now, I know what you're thinking. Isn't that a windy slogan? The answer is yes, it is a windy slogan. But also, according to Wikipedia, Um, Walter Mondale in 1984 adopted it as his campaign slogan as a shot against his opponent who he thought lacked substance. So for tonight's, where's the beef theme, I'm going with Steven Adams, Steven Adams, who's known to smash steaks, mate, uh, known to love a good cut of beef. Steven Adams had a very quiet game tonight, four points, 10 rebounds, two assists, two of six shooting, Oh, of two from the line, a minus 17 on the floor. Not a great night for Adams and honestly uh, felt like a night where he could have been more productive. The Clippers don't have a super dominant center. They start Zubats. Uh, He's not bad. He's been really solid for them, but he's not a guy that Adams shouldn't be able to get his own against. I would have liked to see Adams be more productive, especially after we've seen him really kind of step up to the challenge against some of these better teams. I think that's something that stood out to me in these wins against some of the top-tier teams in the league, you really see Adams stepping up. He did it against Denver and Jokic. He did it, he's done it against Gobert and the Jazz. I would have liked to see a bigger game out of Steven Adams tonight. Zubats should not have been able to win that matchup. Adams was quiet all night. He didn't impact the game in any meaningful way, and I think that's going to be one of the big things as we move into the playoffs the Thunder are going to need Steven Adams to continue to contribute to the game and affect the game in a positive way. If they want to have a chance of making some noise in a playoff series, you look at the Western conference teams. Most of them have a pretty solid center. Oklahoma city is going to need Steven Adams to step up. And even if a team that they get faced up against doesn't have a solid center, like say the rockets Adams is still such a crucial piece to this team. Uh, the The way that he can affect the game uh, when they kind of run the offense through him sometimes can be really powerful. And I think we've seen some nice strides from Steven this season and some uh, evolution to his game that we haven't necessarily seen in the past, and especially post-All-Star break, where it seemed like he was finally healthy and kind of hitting his stride. Tonight's game was a little bit of a disappointment in that regard. And I think it, it had a lot to do with why Oklahoma City wasn't able to hang with the Clippers. Uh, The next slogan, I I, I should probably say, none of these slogans are endorsements, just if for some reason you're thinking they are. Uh, I'm just trying to pick fun political slogans. So the next one is make Gallinari great again. Uh, Gallo, 15 points tonight on four of 13 shooting. He was a game low, minus 25. Uh, Take the single game plus minus uh, for what it's worth. The Bucks game, the Thunder had an excuse. Gallo didn't play. And they got absolutely destroyed by the Bucks. Um, You know, you can live with that. But with Gallo playing tonight, you hoped to see him make a little bit more of an impact. And he came out and hit a couple shots early and started to kind of show like, okay, this team has a different feel when Gallo's back. When Gallo's on, they're a much more dangerous offensive team. But after that, he kind of went cold. Um, I'm hoping it was just due to the fact that you know he didn't play in the Milwaukee game, then they had three days rest. Maybe he didn't quite have his rhythm. That shouldn't be as much of a problem in the playoffs. But again, much like Adams, Gallo is a guy that this team relies upon to affect the game in a positive way. He is such a solid scorer that when the shot is not falling for him, he's not bringing a lot of value to the team. His defense is not great. The Clippers went at him multiple times tonight. He's an easy matchup to abuse. You get into a playoff series, and that matchup will get abused even more so as teams are continuing to adjust on the fly. So if Gallo is not a reliable offensive threat, then his defense leaves him really suspect, and his value on the floor begins to come into question. I don't think that this is a a concerning trend or anything like that from Gallo. I think he had a bad game. But the point being, Gallo cannot have a bad game in order for the Thunder to win a playoff game uh, or make some noise on a playoff series. They need Gallo performing at his highest ability, and they did not get that tonight. The next theme, the the slogan is Not Me, Us. Uh, That's from Bernie Sanders, but it also describes the bench units for these two teams. The bench for the Los Angeles Clippers scored 48 points tonight. Oklahoma City only scored 33, and when you consider that 24 of those 33 came from Schroeder and probably half of the rest came in garbage time, it was not a great showing for the Thunder bench. Uh, Mike Muscala, zero points. Nader, five points. Like I said, a lot of that came in garbage time. Ferguson, zero points. Noel, four points. And then a couple more garbage time scores from Deontay Burton, three points, and Hamadou Diallo, three points. The bench unit's just got to be better, plain and simple. The Clippers are one of the best bench teams in the league. Their depth is one of their strengths. Lou Williams, obviously a six-man-of-the-year candidate, along with uh, our own Dennis Schroeder. But Oklahoma City's bench just could not keep up tonight. They need more production out of guys like Nerlens Noel. They need more production out of Mike Muscala. Mike Muscala came in late, hoping to kind of bring a spark, but he didn't do it. they need more out of Terrence Ferguson. Uh, Ferguson has been so timid on the offensive end. It, it's it's reaching beyond, I think, levels where Andre Robertson was, which is scary. Um, he he becomes a complete liability on that end of the floor because teams know that he doesn't have the confidence to shoot it. And I think we've continued to see that. And I'm not sure that the the trend can flip the other way. He played some excellent defense tonight. I mentioned earlier, he played some great defense on Kawhi Leonard at a couple different moments, but until he has that confidence back on the offensive side of the ball, it's going to be tough to foresee him getting any meaningful playoff minutes. I will say Nader. Nader had some good moments. Uh, I've been actually pretty impressed with Nader. I feel like he's played fairly well, especially since Baisley got hurt. I think he has shown quite a bit of improvement over what he was last season and and kind of what he could bring to the table. Hopefully that can continue. Hopefully he can be a meaningful playoff contributor. Do I think he's going to be, you know, a, a super difference maker or anything like that in the playoffs? No, but in order to win playoff games, you need those kind of like surprise spark performances from random players. And I think Nader could deliver that in a game or two in the playoffs. Something that kind of concerned me tonight was the lack of Hamadou Diallo. Diallo didn't get in until three minutes left in the game. We've been talking about what a spark Hami can be off the bench, especially Taylor. You know, Taylor loves Hami, but he really has provided that kind of burst of energy for this team that's been so important. And on a night where you're getting your butt kicked by the Clippers and you're down by 20, it kind of felt like a, a prime time to put hommy in and see what he can do. See if he can dunk on somebody, put somebody in the dunk tanker or, or get a steal and, and, and push some fast break points. Like he's done quite a few times this season, but for whatever reason, Billy didn't opt to do that when he did come in, uh, he brought energy as he always does, but he didn't get in when the game was still winnable, uh, you need guys like Hami, Muscala, Nader, Ferguson, Noel. You need them to be able to produce off the bench for this team if they want to have a chance to win games come playoff time. Now, the last theme for, uh, for tonight's game, uh, this political slogan comes from Joe Biden. The slogan is, our best days still lie ahead. We've seen two really bad games out of Oklahoma City but they've come against two of the best teams in the NBA. This team has still overachieved much of the season. They've shown a very high potential, and I don't think these two games change that. I think it shows uh, a little bit of a reality check of maybe where they fall in the NBA pecking order. But like Chris Paul said, they need games like this to prepare them for the playoffs. So while these last two games have kind of sucked, they've not been a lot of fun to watch. I'm sure that it's been a lot less fun to play in. But these, these types of uh, experiences and games are necessary for this team. I think the, what they are able to learn is going to be crucial. If they can step back and see what they need to take away from these games heading into the playoffs, it's going to pay dividends when they do get that tough matchup. If they get matched up against the Clippers, they're going to feel like they know a little bit about what it takes to beat a fully healthy Clippers team because of tonight's game. So while it may not be fun now, our best days lie ahead. And if you look at the immediate upcoming schedule, uh, they may lie ahead as soon as tomorrow. Oklahoma City heads to Detroit tonight to play the Pistons tomorrow. And then they play at the New York Knicks Friday. Those two teams should provide an ample opportunity for the Thunder to bounce back. They should be able to kind of balance out these two losses against the Bucks and the Clippers with two solid wins against the Pistons and the Knicks. At least that's the plan. But it's definitely a prime opportunity for the Thunder to kind of reset and get things back on track. Now I want to move into my favorite segment, which is Twitter questions. Uh, We always ask for Twitter questions, win or lose. And you guys always come through for us. Thank you so much for that. If you're not sending us Twitter questions, uh, you should fix that. We really appreciate it. We love reading them. We love going through them. Uh, And so you should get aboard this train. Our first Twitter question is not really a Twitter question. comes from at Drew2Savvy who says, another loss to an elite team. And I think he meant to do a sad face, but he actually did a happy face emoji. So maybe Drew is having mixed emotions about tonight's game. Uh, But yeah, it was a tough loss. Tough loss to an elite team. But as I mentioned, brighter days are ahead. Uh, I think that the Pistons and the Knicks will provide an opportunity for Oklahoma City to kind of boost their confidence and get things back on track. Our next question comes from at John Edwin 755, who says, who you got making the NBA finals? After tonight's performance, uh, I'm starting to lean towards making a Clippers pick for the finals again. Uh, I was leaning more towards the Lakers in recent weeks, but man, the Clippers, when they're healthy, they're just so versatile. And I think if it ends up being Clippers, Lakers, like everybody kind of thinks it might be, maybe hoping it will be, that's going to be a heck of a Western Conference final series. That is going to be a physical battle between two tough teams and honestly should be a lot of fun to watch. But I'm going to lean towards the Clippers to come out of the West and I'm sticking with my preseason pick, the Bucks out of the East. They're just an absolute buzzsaw and they're annihilating people. Uh, I think that's going to continue. Giannis still has to prove that he can win a playoff series, that he can kind of come through when it counts. Uh, he's not done that yet, but I think this year could be the year that we see that out of the Bucks. So I'm going Bucks clippers as of right now. Next question comes from our own Taylor, at Taylor underscore P15. Shea didn't wear Kobe's tonight. Instead, he wore a slick pair of red cp 312s is this simply a nod to his teammate and mentor? Or do you think we'll see Shea start to switch up his shoe game the rest of the season? This was a great catch by Taylor before the game. If you know Shea and you've been paying attention, you know Shea loves to wear Kobe's. He's been wearing them all season. He often shares them with the hashtag whole lot of Kobe's. Um, he's got an impressive collection and he has worn them in literally every game until tonight. Tonight he came out in a red pair of CP3s. I don't necessarily think this will be a long-term thing. Uh, Shea does have a deal with Nike. He signed a deal last fall that was a multi-year footwear and apparel deal. And while Jordan is the sister company of Nike, and there's a lot of kind of sharing of resources that goes on there, they're technically uh, two different groups. Uh, Different players have Jordan brand sponsorships, sponsorships excuse me and certain players have nike sponsorships and they don't often mix i think this was kind of a cool nod to cp3 uh i think you might see it more um but i think he'll probably be sticking with the nikes if i had to guess next question at jared fergie asks once basley's back do you think we can compete better in higher stakes games like this seems like size has been an issue lately Absolutely, size has been an issue, and tonight I think Baisley would have been helpful because of his length. Um, Baisley's still a rookie, and he's still going to make mistakes, and I don't know if he would have been enough to turn the tide in a game like this tonight, but I do think that he brings something that this Thunder team lacks on the wing. He brings that size and kind of that versatility a little bit. He's a different type of player than like a Gallo is. And so he provides an opportunity to kind of match up differently. So I think he was certainly missed tonight. And I think that having him back will be hugely important. Uh, You know, they've kind of said four to six weeks is when he'd be reevaluated. Next Monday is four weeks. Um, Jacob saw him shooting around after a blue game and said, he thought he looked pretty good, just kind of to the untrained eye. So we should hopefully get an update uh, on Monday or sometime around then kind of at the four week point, And hopefully we'll hear good news about when Baisley will be back at Logan Goodner asks, who is the best looking thunder this season, man? Uh, that's a tough choice. I think we've got some stone cold stunners on this team. Uh, SGA King of drip, the fresh Prince of OKC. He's got to be up there. Uh, Gallinari always comes walking into games, looking like a bond villain. Muscala, he's got the flow. He's got some, it's almost like a mullet like flow going on these days. <laughs> it's interesting. I think Schroeder is another underrated kind of a fashion King for this team. The gold patch in the hair is iconic, but if I had to pick one, I'm going to go with Danilo Gallinari I think it's the Italian fashion, man. Uh, something about the, the the handmade suits, the turtlenecks, uh, the round sunglasses. I think he just pulls it off. And I don't know if you saw his pictures from the All-Star break on the beach, but that dude's yoked. Uh, sometimes I forget how jacked he actually is, but uh, he's he is a strong fella. So while I leave you all on that note to contemplate the uh, attractiveness of the Thunder team. I want to thank you for listening. Thank you for checking us out tonight. If it's your first time, welcome. Go subscribe, stick around, check out more pods. I promise you won't regret it. Please follow us on social media at the underscore uncontested. You can follow me on Twitter at OKC tracker, especially if you're into shoes and uniforms and all that kind of stuff. I am your man for that. We'll be back tomorrow night after the Detroit game with another post game podcast. And then Friday after the Knicks game before returning back to your feeds uh, late Sunday, early Monday morning with another group podcast. So be sure to look for that. And until then, as always thunder up.
0: Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger.